With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Homestand Sports, the podcast for the passionate fan. I'm your host, Albert Vartanian, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Justin Pooney. We'll tell you why John Tavares is an absolute clown for going after Sidney Crosby. Well, on today's show, the Leafs dropped seven on Kyle Dubas and the Pens without Austin Matthews. Was it their best game of the season? Has Justin's favorite Leaf, Max Domi, finally arrived? And why Ilya Samsonov should start over Martin Jones? Yes, we got a lot to get to, so let's get this thing started. I'm Albert Vartanian, he's Justin Pooney, and this is Homestand Sports. It's way easier to go through life and never say nothing. We're beige and no one even knows you're alive. It's time for good cock. <laughs> Babcock. And you get paid to do this stuff. Like that is disgraceful, man. How about her? All right, good cock, Babcock is back on this beautiful Monday. Pooney, we're in a different location, mm-hmm. but we're talking Leafs. There's a lot of love to give out. And I love when we have to give love to, to Toronto Maple Leafs because I know how you feel about it. They slapped the Pittsburgh Penguins 7 Zip. No Austin Matthews, no TJ Brody. A lot went right for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And you want to start with Max Domi. Yeah, look, uh, Max Domi, I've been very hard on him to start of the season. I think he was one of the, or he has been, one of the wor- worst players on the Toronto Maple Leafs <laughs> all season. With all the talk before, just the contract he was given, and the thought that you know, he was going to have an impact, not only on the score sheet, but on the ice. I didn't really see that a lot. But last night, I think... Might have been Max Domi's best game uh, with the Toronto Maple Leafs, Albert. He was noticeable everywhere on the ice. Not only did he affect the score sheet, but you know he lost a tooth, and you know he showed off that nice smile to the camera. Um, I liked what I saw from Max Domi uh, last night, and I think that right there for a guy who we talked about before, who I believe was you know very tense, wasn't shooting the puck a lot, a lot of pressure was on him. I think a game like this could really help push him forward to, you know, get him that confidence, help him find a groove to start the new year and really start to find his role and carve out a nice niche for himself in the Toronto Maple Leafs lineup. Yeah, listen, an opportunity popped up late for him with Austin Matthews being mm-hmm. scratched right before the game. I wonder, though, Pooney, if that was like some gamesmanship from the Leafs because he was expected to play and it was late scratch. But anyway, Keith well, after the game was saying that he was expecting to play. Yeah. He just, he, he wasn't up for it. He I'm pulled- assuming, though, like if it if this was a bigger game, the playoffs, he probably would have played. If I'm if I'm Austin Matthews and I go to the rink and you to for gamesmanship and I have to go through that Toronto traffic on a Saturday night to go to Scotiabank and then to go back, I'd be kind of pissed. So that's a fair point. I think Matthews was actually trying to play. It's right. a big game on Saturday night. Sidney Crosby, Kyle Dubas rolling to town, and he's sick. We know the flu is going through their locker room right now, so you got to take care of that, Albert. I think we're seeing it in the NFL as well with the Philadelphia Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys, where if you don't take care of this flu situation. Uh, it could spread and then you have guys missing games and we know how important every game is for the Leafs right now so take care of that but again credit to Max Domi a great game for Max Domi I've been very hard on him but I can't say anything bad about him last night he was if not one of if not the best player for the Toronto Maple Leafs last night yeah I took advantage of opportunity mm-hmm. like I said so I'm with you on that I'm gonna go good cock to Domi nice and that Marner line mm-hmm. I feel like he found something I don't know if that's gonna be a line moving forward I don't know if that's a line you want to use in the playoffs yeah. because you probably don't want to use 
Ty Domi, or Ty Domi, Ty oh my Domi. Goodness, Max Domi, you know, at 20 minutes of ice time in the playoffs, he's probably going to be capped around, I don't know, 10, 11 minutes. But for the foreseeable future, if you want to chop and change some lines, I think he found something here. Domi with three points. He was on the power play, mm-hmm. picked up a power play point. Marner, nine points in his last five. He looked great on that line. It shows you if you put Max Domi with some really skilled players on either side of him, yeah. it ends up being a really good line, and he can, he can make up for – for some of the skill that maybe he doesn't have sometimes. Well, Albert, another thing with that line is with Marner, Domi, and Nyes. Subtract Marner from this part of the equation, but the physicality, right? Matthew Nyes deserves a good cock for his performance last night because you got a Gordie Howe hat trick. Got in a fight, a goal, and an assist. And Sheldon Keith post game said that he was most impressed by his physicality. This is a guy who, you know, was not afraid to throw the body. I know he's not throwing like massive, you know, hits or, you know, like like um, Jake McCabe did the other day. But he's a guy who was up in the an upper echelon of hits for the Toronto Maple Leafs. He has a big body. That's been one of his calling cards, I think, is that he's got He came in with NHL size already. And I think you're seeing a guy who has skill. Again, we've both agreed that Matthew Knight is not a guy who's going to get you, you know, 70 to 80 points. But if he can get you that 55 to 60 points and 25 to 30 goals, that is a very, very valuable asset. And he's a big body player. So when you have these tough games coming up against the Rangers or the Islanders or Boston or whomever in the Eastern Conference, having a big body guy like Matthew Nyes, who's not afraid to get into the dirty areas, to go alongside a guy with Max Domi, who we know is not afraid to get into those dirty areas, is very helpful and very beneficial and a great asset to have in your top six, especially in a conference that we know is very tough, right? A lot of big bodies, a lot of big, tough teams. And to have that for the Toronto Maple Leafs is something that's very imperative. And I think something that they can build upon going forward. Yeah, I love Nyes and Max Domi together. Mm. They backtrack like animals. They're dogs on the puck. I love that Matthew Nyes stood up for Max Domi, which Mm -hmm. it was kind of a... A bit of a weak high stick, but Nice didn't care. I think he was just feeling good, and he's it's, like, it's "I gotta back effort. up my guy." Exactly, it's the effort too. And imagine that in the locker room, right? We always talk about championship teams. Sorry, championship teams always talk about how it's the brotherhood, the bond, the camaraderie that really brings them together and puts them over the top, right? Right. And to have a guy like Matthew Nice who just came into the league late last year, a guy like Max Domi, who just joined the Toronto Maple Leafs, and to have them stick up for each other like that, it's great to see. And sometimes we've talked about a lot with the Toronto Maple Leafs not sticking up for their teammates. That's been a big problem. Again, like you mentioned, it was a ticky-tack, whatever high stick, but just the, the act upon it is something that I think goes a long way, especially for a team like the Leafs, who's had their character called out a lot when it comes to defending and stepping up for their teammates. Yeah, I like Nice. Big body's got hands, he can do it all. I like him and Domi together maybe that's something they found like i said moving forward just a quick shout out to mitch marner like i said nine points his last five super confident i wonder if that puck to the chin has done something to him because his game changed since that happened he put on the fishbowl he started getting scoring again i think he scored a hat trick in the next game right it was a hat trick in the Uh, next game that was the seattle game yeah it was a hat trick in the next game and then he's just been on this point streak all of a sudden he's just playing a lot Mm -hmm. more confident a lot of like skill moves between the legs passes between the legs goals something's clicked with bitch marner and i wonder i just wonder puck to the chin if it changes something you never know okay my other good cock is going to be bradtree living mm. his saturday night what a fantastic saturday night for him right kyle dubas his predecessor predecessor excuse me comes into town they destroy the penguins without austin matthews without tj brody his goalie his third string goalie gets a shutout a guy that they threw essentially like a hundred thousand dollar price tag on. Did you hear about this? I did not know. Okay, so when they when they got Martin Jones, yeah, 
when he was put on waivers, the right. reason that they were able to keep him, or one of the reasons, is because they put a $100,000 price tag on him. Okay. So as soon as the team claimed him, they a would kicker. have to pay him that 100000 yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how were they able to keep Martin Jones. I don't know if that was Bradtree Living or Pridham. Regardless, it was a great <laughs> move, and I'm sure he'd love seeing Martin Jones pick up the shutout. Bertuzzi and Domi, two of his guys, probably had... Three points each. Yeah, three points each. Maybe their best games as Leafs mm-hmm. together. And Lagasin and Benoit were solid defensemen. Yeah, man. Another two signings by Brad Tree Living. So, listen, I know I gave him props last week. I got to do it again. I think he's feeling pretty good coming after Saturday night. for Brad Tree Living, eh? All these depth signings and these little intricacies that he's doing are coming with roses. Yeah, that hundred, <laughs> well, right now it looks That good. 100K that you're talking about kind of reminds me of, uh, I think it was like Chris Draper with the Red Wings. Did you ever hear about that? Like when he came to the Red Wings, the Red the Wings $1 had the, trade. The $1 trade, yeah. 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 Or um, there was the other guy that too, one of the other players, I don't know if it was the Red Wings or something, he was basically dealt for a, a, um, a photocopy machine. I forget which player it was. I'll have to look it up. But there was an NHL guy <laughs> who got traded for a, a photocopy machine. I um, mean, look, at the beginning of the season, what team would have want to pay Martin Jones a hundred grand? We didn't know. There's so many questions. There's a reason why that's a hundred thousand dollar bonus. Exactly. Yeah. Right? And there's a reason why, you know, he was signed so late because teams had a lot of questions about him, but you mentioned it, right? This is a guy who's been in the league a while and he's got a pretty good record. Oh, I think you said what he was eight. We're talking off air. He's got, he's a eight, top 100 goalie. Yeah, all top time. eight, yeah. top 80 in wins and yeah. top what? 70 in uh, save percentage. Yeah. Top 80 said. as well. So I think, look, Martin Jones is proving it right now that this is his crease. It's his net to run with. Let's see how far he can take it. We'll see what happens starting in the new year when Joseph Wall comes back. But look, if Martin, if you, now you're not going to have to get 38 saves every night, but if you can get this type of goaltending from Martin Jones, the Leafs are going to be in very, very good uh, positioning, especially with a guy who's has experience with being a number one and knows what it's like to go through the ebbs and flows of a season like that. Whereas I think with Wall and Samsonov, Samsonov had a bit of it last year, but not as an extended period of time as uh, Martin Jones and Joseph Wolf again is very brand new to this. Martin Jones knows what it's like to be an NHL starting goalie day in and day out and the preparation that, that comes with it. Not, you know what? Another thing for Bradtree Living, not extending Samsonov or giving him term on his deal yeah. and taking him to arbitration looks like a fantastic deal mm-hmm. because I feel like most teams would probably give him two to three years based on his season last year. If you go right. back and look at regular season stats, Samsonov was a top five goalie. And Tree Living just decided, listen, we're not giving anybody term. We're not going to give him the money that he, that he wants. We're taking him to arbitration. Because I don't know if he didn't believe in him or he just wanted to, a fresh slate next season. So I got to give Brad Tree Living props for that as well. We have a few more to dish out. Let's do that. Let's take a quick break. Um, one of them being John Tavares. I was surprised to see what I saw him do to Sidney Crosby. Very unlike John Tavares. John Tavares, you get a good cock from me. That sounds weird, but listen to what I'm saying. He finally, the captain, listen, I don't know what it was. I don't know what it is about Tavares and playing Crosby, but I feel like he changes his game a bit. Maybe it's a player he looked up to. I don't know if he's ever come out and said that, but he showed a little bit of toughness. Crosby was obviously getting frustrated late in the game. I think it was in the second period. Took a little whack at Martin Jones to try and get the puck out. Probably had no chance of doing it. And who jumps in to try and save the day? It's John Tavares. Couple rabbit punches to the face. He's pushing him off. Crosby's hitting him back. And I'm like, I don't remember the last time I saw this from John Tavares. And we've talked about in this podcast, and I've said it before. I'm like, I just don't know if he's the right type of captain for the Toronto Maple Leafs. He's a great player. Great player. A thousand points. We've talked about that. But he never shows that edge. And I think that's what's been missing from his game. That's what's been missing from this Leafs team. And it seems like they're trying to 
put in that snot that Bradtree Living wants. But I wanted to shine a light on, on Tavares for doing that because I thought that was something good a captain should do. Here we go. This is One of the reasons why I brought this up was for this slow clap and this rebuttal. The fact you have to give a good cock to John Tavares for trying to go after Sidney Crosby or... He didn't try to, he did. Oh, sorry. Rabbit punched Sidney Crosby. What if I give you a rabbit punch right now? I'll give you a Mike Tyson left hook right to the face. Oh, okay. Don't play with me. Oh. But, (laughs) but there was a bit of a rivalry, I guess you could say. I mean, it's not really a rivalry because one guy's won cups and Art Rosses and led the league okay, in don't scoring. don't make this into something and, that it's not. You know, he's got over 100 points in a season. Don't make it into something And he's not. captain Canada. I get it. Maybe John Tavares didn't look up to Sidney Crosby, but I think he wishes he was kind of even half the player Sidney Crosby was. Um, I think when you look at John Tavares, when I talked about a lot, when we talked about his 1,000 points, man, you look at him. He was the guy, exceptional status in the OHL, you know, was the guy, the, the clear-cut number one overall pick, was expected to be a superstar, a game-changer, but ended up being a very good all-star level player, but never reached the heights. Okay, of Sydney. You're going deep Sydney I'm Crosby, talking about what he did on Saturday night. But it, all, it, all ties, it all ties together, Albert. It all ties together, okay? Look, Sidney Crosby, right? Generational talent was hailed as the next one. And we can safely say that he's lived up to his expectations, right? When Sidney Crosby came into the league, he's lived up to expectations. John Tavares, similar situation, right? Went to a hapless Islanders team, right? Helped them kind of get to the playoffs, but never got them over the hump. So when the going got tough, he decided to join up with the Toronto Maple Leafs, right? No problem with that whatsoever. He was well within his right to go to his boyhood team, the team that he went to bed wearing pajamas with every night and hoped and prayed he could wear the Maple Leaf, and he got that wish. Kudos to you, John Tavares. A thousand points, great season, right? But it's kind of like, you know when your parents always compare you to the kid that you have no chance of being like, right? Like there's just that that super keener that does everything right, and then you just can't ever reach it. I, I know for me that happened. A lot of my life, there's kids that were just super keeners that I couldn't do. But hey, look where I am now, and look where they are now. I mean, I'm talking. So John Tavares hasn't lived up to your expectations. No. Justin Pooney definitely hasn't lived up to his own expectations. I'm hey, I, hey, it's a slow grind. Unlike John Tavares, I'm giving my the guy career props. Career is just starting. My career is just Pudi, starting. I'm giving the guy props. Okay. For stepping up. Someone right. touches the goalie, he jumped in there. Congratulations. It so happened to be the captain on their team. Congratulations. All right. Good what job. do you? What else you got? Um, good cock to the Maple Leafs front office with a caveat. If they are listening, um, and maybe, just maybe this might happen, but from what we saw from the Pittsburgh Penguins this season and going forward, this is a team that's clearly in need of a redo, a retool, a rebuild, a refresh, because this whole thing of grabbing Eric Carlson and trying to squeeze one last run has not worked out very well. So if I'm the Toronto Maple Leafs, this could be a potential good cock. Call the Pittsburgh Penguins up and try to acquire some wow. players, right? See what they're offering. If you can maybe try to get a Jake Gensel or whoever, maybe somebody on the back end, right? Try to see what you can get out of the Pittsburgh Penguins. This is the team who I believe um, sooner rather than later in the new year is going to realize that we have no prospects of doing anything. So do they try to sell some assets off? Do they try to, you know, get some draft capital? Do they try to free up some cap space? Is that something that the Toronto Maple Leafs could do to take advantage of? So it could potentially be a good cock if the Toronto Maple Leafs front office is smart enough and will call the Pittsburgh Penguins and see what they can get because there's some decent pieces there that I think could help this Toronto Maple Leafs team um, if they were willing to make that call. 
Yeah, and some familiarity, obviously, yeah. with Dubas. I have a question, but I'll leave that to the last block because you might think I'm crazy oh, when I pose yeah. this question, but I will. One more good cock from the game. Tyler Bertuzzi, I thought, had a really solid yeah. game. Three apples. I thought he looked more like a playmaker mm-hmm. than we've seen him in the past with so far with the Toronto Maple Leafs. He can play with the edge. He can back check, forecheck. He does mm-hmm. all that stuff, but he was playmaking. And yeah. I'm like, okay, well, this is a great thing to see from Tyler Bertuzzi. I think this is exactly what you want. But... Then on the other side, I'm also thinking, I don't know if, if the Leafs will see his true value until the playoffs. Right. I think that's why you bring this type of guy in for the playoffs, not for the regular season. He's going to get his points. Listen, if you're playing on a team with such skilled players that the Leafs have, one of the top scoring teams over the past six, seven seasons, you're going to get your points. Mm. But when it comes to the playoffs, I think they need this type of version of Tyler Bertuzzi. He seems to finally be comfortable playing in a blue shirt. Mm-hmm. I know early on in the season he was injured, so I think he's probably fully recovered from the injury. And just like Max Domi, there was an opportunity here without Austin Matthews. Players getting bumped up. You're getting more minutes, and you got a season. And I think Tyler Bertuzzi did just that. Yeah, I kind of look... So we said about Max Domi, we said about Matthew Nyes earlier. I think these new additions, right, it took a bit of time, or it's taking a bit of time for them to get acclimated to what it's like to be a Toronto Maple Leaf. And let's face it, when you play in a market like Toronto, that's a massive adjustment. Even if you're coming from Boston or you're coming from Detroit or, you know, wherever, it's an adjustment, whether that's on the ice and off the ice, because there's such a spotlight on every single thing you do. And for a guy like Tyler Bertuzzi, who played in Detroit for how many years on Detroit teams, let's face it, we're not very good. And hey, look, Detroit's not looking good right now at all. That Patrick Kane era, not off to a good start. Then he goes to Boston. And then what happens? You can kind of hide on that lineup because there's guys like Marshawn, Bergeron, right? a lot of big-name guys on that team. I don't think he hit. He was pretty good in that first He was round. good. He was good. I'm saying he was good, but I'm saying the onus wasn't on him. But when you come to Toronto, Ryan Reeves was getting media availability every day. It's a different type of pressure and market that Toronto is. So that's why I think with guys who aren't used to having a spotlight on them, it can be a bit of an adjustment period. Plus, you're also playing with different players that you never really played with. So, again... We're starting to see the last, I don't know, last couple of weeks or so of these depth guys from the Toronto Maple Leafs playing a whole lot better hockey. And like you said, this could have been Tyler Bertuzzi's best game as a Toronto Maple Leaf as well on Saturday yeah, night. Yeah, Leafs, listen, man. Last 15, the Toronto Maple Leafs, 10 1 and 4. That's one of the best marks in the league. 14 of 15 games with at least a point. Top five in scoring. Top six team in the league. Five points off Boston for top spot. Uh, in the Atlantic. So they're doing a lot right despite these injuries. I think they deserve a lot of credit. And I feel like I know it's just one game, and I know the Pittsburgh Penguins are struggling at the moment, but that Leafs team is exactly who they need to be come playoff time. They played every single aspect of the game. I thought they played perfectly. You got good, timely goaltending. Even Martin Jones, though, said it himself. He goes, yeah, okay, 28 saves, but I didn't really have to do that much because the team in front of him was so good. They played a full four check, full back check. Power play looked good. The PK looks good. Everything. They play with that snot. I know I'm going to keep saying that, but that's Bradtree Living's word, right? You had Benoit. You had Lagason. You had McCabe. Tavares clearing out the front of the net. Things you don't see this Leaf teams always do, especially Leaf teams of the past. If they can, can bottle this up, Come playoff time, I think this is the exact recipe that they need. And, and listen, it's going to be a different team post-trade deadline. Yeah. Maybe a tougher team to play against. But I think they need to look back at this game and be like, if we can be 80 to 90% of that team, we're going to have a good chance to be successful. But Alba, that's the 80, whatever the salary cap is, the $82 million question or whatever, is can this team that we see that in some instances or some spurts during the regular season look like the absolute best team in right. the NHL? 
Can they do that when it matters the most? That's been the question, right? And when I look at this team, you they made a statement. I don't know if it was a statement game, but to me, they made a statement last night by showing that the, on a Saturday night, big game, a lot of storylines off the ice, but you're de- no Austin Matthews, right? And you know, all the issues on the defense and the goaltending, but to have your so-called depth player step up and play really good, that to me is a statement that, hey, look, it's there. Those guys can play, can up their level of their up their level of play, excuse me, to a level that can not only help the team, but drive the team to wins, right? So that's not ever been the issue in the regular season, but like you mentioned, that's the 80 whatever million dollar question is can the Leafs play like this consistently? And we haven't really seen that this season, and we haven't seen it in playoffs past. They've been semi consistent recently. Where yes. everyone thought they were going to crumble, it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So you got to give them some credit. Absolutely. Uh, okay, let's take a quick break. We'll go. We'll go through some Babcocks. Um, and I have a question for you, and it relates back to the Pittsburgh Penguins, like like I mentioned. It's a it's a trade proposal. You're gonna oh. think I'm crazy, but I just want to know if you'll do it, and it might involve number eighty-seven. All right, one more Babcock to dish out from each of us. Let's start with Justin Pooney. I know what he's about to say, and it's already bothering me, but I'll let you get okay. it off your chest. Okay. Let's rewind the clock back to um, a historic day uh, in Leafs history in 2023. Uh, John Tavares <laughs> scores the game-winning goal in Tampa Bay, Amelie Arena, the place of nightmares of Leaf fans from years past. Finally, they do it. 19 years later, they win a first round. The team act like they won the Stanley Cup. The streets of Toronto were in joy. I couldn't sleep all night because fans were honking their horns, going nuts down King Street, Adelaide Street, Queen Street, all the streets of Toronto. Uh, I thought it was a Stanley Cup parade. But what happened? The fans, instead of chanting, we want Boston, said, we want Florida. And then what happened just a week later? The Florida Panthers proceed to absolutely annihilate the Toronto Maple Leafs in the second round. Gentlemen sweeping them in five games, ending their season, right? And of course, what did I say during the playoffs? Kyle Dubas was kind of hot-dogging and you know getting into with fans, celebrating very not acting very GM-like, I felt. You know, going after fans and stuff like that. He leaves. Just a quick correction there. I don't think from the reports that it was Dubis going after fans. I think fans were coming after but him. You are the GM. And he responded. Hold on, hold on. You are the GM of the Toronto no, Maple Leafs. No, no, I'm Leafs. just, I'm just okay. fact-checking you. Fine. Fact-check me all you want on that. Right. doesn't matter. You're the GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs. You don't say anything to fans. You don't say anything to fans, period. They're fans. They're idiots, right? You're the GM. You don't say nothing, right? Come to last night. Leafs are up big. Fans are feeling good. Have a couple beers in them. Probably a couple eggnogs. You know, it's festive time. I don't think they you know, sell doing what they got. I don't know if they sell eggnog or not, but who knows? I don't know. Then the, you're the dubious chance. You know, kind of serenading the former GM. And I get it. They're all upset. They're a little bit, you know, hurt that he that he left or whatever. Or they have resentment towards him. Quite frankly, if he helped build this team that you that helped smack his other team, right? And I get it. Fans want to boo and jeer and all that stuff. But be careful what you wish for because I'm a big believer in karma, right? And I'm not saying it's going to happen this year. It could happen next year. But I'm telling you right now, because of what happened last night, some sort of karma in some way or another is going to come back and bite the Leafs in the ass because of that. Because it is the Toronto Maple Leafs. You didn't even tell them what happened. What happened? What do you mean, what happened? You're talking about 
the fans yeah. chanting Dubas' his last name. Yes. You didn't mention that. What if someone didn't watch the game? Like, what the hell is this guy no, talking about? I said they about? were taunting him. So you said, be careful what you wish for. They didn't wish for anything. No, no, I said, I said they were taunting him. They were chanting Dubas. Yes, I know. I said that they were okay. taunting him. I just want the people to and know. Maybe they didn't watch the game. Okay, sorry. I don't have to spell it out for them. But they were chanting okay, D-U-B-A-S. I thought taunting kind of insinuated that. Okay. Okay, anyway. So you're saying. So be careful what you wish for, Leaf fans, because how did taunting work out for you in the past? Right? right? Karma's a real thing. They were asking for Florida. Here, they, they were just taunting him because they were smacking him up. And listen, I get what you're saying. The, the Florida thing, I knew it was going to backfire. That's the ultimate kiss of death. Mm-hmm. But how is this going to haunt the Toronto Maple Leafs? Who knows? What, hap- what happens the, if this the happens? The Penguins meet them in the playoffs and beat them? I don't and think you're going to look back. No. You're going to be the one guy that goes, do you remember that night in December <laughs> where the Leafs beat the Penguins 7-zip no. and you were chanting D-U-B-A-S? No, Albert. The, I don't think the Penguins are going to even make the playoffs this year the way they're playing right now. But what happened to the Penguins? Oh, so this is like a long slow well, What play. happened to the Penguins last? Remember they lost that game to Chicago and got them out of the playoffs and got Florida in. What happens if some weird twisted way that the Penguins <laughs> you're, you're win, win a game and then somehow the Leafs get screwed by a first-round opponent and get knocked out in the first round. Come on, dude. I'm what just, are you I'm just saying, talking about, Justin? It's possible. It's the Toronto Maple Leafs, man. Any, it's like the Dallas Cowboys. Something interesting. Well, like they're all roses, and then they get kind of you know roses. full of themselves. The fan base gets very happy, and something bad happens. It can all be traced <laughs> back. Trust me, man. I, I, I get it. It sounds crazy, but karma yeah, right. is a real thing, and karma will come back and bite the Leafs in the ass for this. Maybe not this year, but eventually it will. You got producer Sean and Stitches. I'll give you that, man. That uh, who a, cares about that? That was a good little actor. That was nice. Listen, I get what you're saying, kind of, but not really. Uh, my Babcock. Well, you got nothing else to say. My, I got nothing else. But my Babcock is the Pittsburgh Penguins. Did you not see them play? They're, 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 they're going to be nowhere near the playoffs. Yeah. I kind of feel bad for the team because they look they look horrible. I thought, honestly, I really thought Malkin quit last night. Like, he was just like, screw this. I don't want to play. Crosby was frustrated. He was taking penalties. Mm-hmm. Latang looks like a shell of himself. Carlson actually doesn't look that bad. He looks pretty good, but they're in trouble, man. They Listen, last cup came in 2017. They missed the playoffs last season. They essentially have no cap until they start moving players out. But I was going through some of their quotes from last night, and Carlson had this to say. like, he, this, They're at the point now in Pittsburgh where players are starting to call out players without saying their names. Mm-hmm. He goes, when you're not feeling your best, sometimes you still got to find a way to contribute. And you can't just be satisfied putting your skates out there. We've had a lot of guys that have played a long time in this league and that's why you play a long time in this league. And we had a lot of guys that need to find a way, even though they're not feeling that scoring goals every night, to go out there and bring something. Today, I think it was inconsistent throughout the whole lineup. No one really did anything out there except be around. So he's kind of calling out some of the veterans, mm-hmm. the guys that have been there for a long time. We already heard Dubas come out and, and publicly back Mike Sullivan. So this early in the season, like, I know, it's what's that, that line? Like, it's getting... Late, early out there. That's what's happening to this Pittsburgh Penguins team. You have the GM coming out backing the coach, who looks like he probably should be fired. I think he's the longest tenured coach at the moment, right? We went over that, mm-hmm. Mike Sullivan. Yeah. And then you have you know key players who just they look old. They look they don't look like uh, the stars of of that they were during that 2017 run and even mm-hmm. before that. And I just think Pittsburgh are in a serious situation right now where I think Dubis might have to decide on maybe getting rid of the coach and a couple of these big contracts. Well, that's what I said last last block where, you know, now it's the time where you might find out in a couple of weeks that the, they're going to try to sell off some assets because they're not that good. Now, again, Ricard Raquel is practicing. He will come back eventually. That's a big piece. Raquel of their, doesn't move the needle. Let's I, be real. I mean, he doesn't he moves the needle, but he helps, right? Then they still got 
Brian Rust, who's on um, injured reserve. Nola Charity is on injured reserve as well. Hopefully those guys come back, maybe. But I do agree with you, Albert, that this team just tried to put something together and try to take these three superstars or you know, I guess in Crosby's case, still is a superstar, but with Malkin and the Tang, three legends. Crosby's legit. Yeah, three legends of the team, legends of the game, and try to give them what they deserve, one more run at the cup. But it's just not working out, and we see it so much in sports where it's better to move off these guys one year early rather than one year too late. And right now, the Pittsburgh Penguins are in the one to two years too late situation now with this roster. Um, It's hard to move off of guys that brought you three Stanley Cups. It's extremely hard. This team, for the last 20 years, has been the gold standard in the NHL, right? Or one of the teams, right? And to get to that point and the realization that, look, it's not our time anymore. It's time for a new era. And it's it's scary, right? We saw it in Detroit. How many years did they just hold on for dear life to keep that playoff streak going on and just to stay relevant? And then they fell on dark times. But... When you fall in dark times, you get a lot, a lot of good young pieces if you do it the right way, and then you end up coming back out, um, you know, smelling like roses. So <laughs> Roses um, is your key word today on the podcast. How many times so? I use roses today? A lot of roses. A lot okay. of roses, okay. Uh, we don't have much time left, but I wanted to pose, this is the question. This is Tell the me. conversation that was being had in my living room last night. Oh. If you're the Toronto Maple Leafs, right. if I'm putting you in Bradtree Living Shoes, and this was okay. even possible, would you trade William Nylander for Sidney Crosby? Okay, but Crosby's got two years left on his deal. Right. Nylander's got no years left on his deal. Hypothetical question. Would you trade William Nylander for Crosby? You wouldn't? Really? No. I think I would. I would back and forth. It wouldn't be a straight up trade. It'd be Nylander plus plus to get Crosby. It's not a straight up trade. Absolutely. Well, they would have to, at least I went through it. I did that trade machine on cap friendly. So you'd have to send some more salary out. Uh But what about Mitch Martin? Let's flip Nylander. Let's go Marner. But it would if st- Marner was willing to move his no trade yeah. straight up, do you think you can make that move happen? It would be Marner plus plus something for Crosby still. And you wouldn't do it? No, because think about how how much would you have to give to get Sidney Crosby? First of all, Sidney Crosby has to decide that he wants to come to Toronto. Of course. That's why right? I said it's a hypothetical Which is question. like, it will never happen, right? <coughs> um, but the way Crosby's playing, I'd take him over Mitch Marner. He's if, on a 50-goal pace. If it was for one season, right, or the next two seasons, I would take Sidney Crosby over Mitch Marner. Right? Yeah, so it is for the next two seasons. Yeah. So Well, I mean, for the rest of this season, he's got one the more year left. So 8.7. What no, I'm saying yeah. is with Nylander, right? And I keep harping on this. It's like, all I hear about is how this deal is going to get done with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Mm. They're going to give him whatever that they're going to give him. I think I mentioned it on the last show that we right. did, that Darren Dreger was saying, it looks like 11 million AAV is going to be the number, which is insane. Maybe not for Nylander, but for the Toronto Maple Leafs, it doesn't make any sense. And if that's the case, and this deal's still not done yet, and now we're approaching... The trade, the holiday trade freeze, mm-hmm. we're approaching the deadline, and this thing's still not done. A decision might have to be made where it's like, we got to move you out. And I'm not saying Crosby is the move, oh. but I'm just saying if, if it was possible, if you can workshop a deal where you can get a key player back, a center, maybe not to his caliber, but a really good player, you have to consider moving William Nylander. But here's the thing if you were hypothetically, Nylander's got no term left, Crosby got two years left. The trade would never happen, right? One and a half years. One and a half years, yeah. whatever, right? There's still a lot more term on that. And this goes for any player if you were to trade Nylander, right? Would you get a player back with term, a high-impact player with term for a guy who doesn't have any term left? Unless there's a back, back, 
backdoor agreement or a backdoor handshake agreement that Nylander is going to sign with the team he's getting traded to. Well, I think to, that would be the right? expectation. Again, we don't know, right? We've always hear a lot of those things, but it never sometimes doesn't happen. So with the Nylander situation, you're stuck with him now for the year, I feel. Right. You can't trade him, right? You, you, no, that, why not? I, he has a 10-team no trade. It's not like he's a full no I understand move. that, right? But the, I'm talking about from a value perspective, right? What value you, perspective. I mean, if you I, go past the deadline okay. and he wants to Let me dip into this, free right? agency, you, this guy you, walks away for free. You what trade, value is You that? trade William Nylander, right? You trade with him at the deadline. Are you going to get a same level player for him? At that point, it doesn't matter. You don't, right? You're going to probably get picks and like maybe uh, you know a top six guy, maybe, right? And even that, say say you get a couple players, right? Are those players going to come and equal the value and the impact <laughs> that William Nylander brings? I don't think so, right? So at this particular moment, you just kind of have to let it run its course now with him because if you trade him, the impact he brings will not be brought in by another deal unless you made a situation in the offseason where it was like a straight-up hockey trade or something like that. But that's not going to happen So if you the get deadline. to the deadline, the deal's right. not done yet, you wouldn't trade William no. Nylander? I don't think it makes sense. Okay, quickly, let's wrap it up. Uh, on Tuesday, the Leafs are back in action against yeah. the New York Rangers uh, after putting seven on them as well, mm -hmm. this time at home. So the big question is, who should Sheldon Keefe start? Does he go with Martin Jones or does he go with Samsonov? I'm leaning towards Samsonov, and I know that maybe sounds crazy based mm -hmm. on what we've seen from Martin Jones so far. But you could just you at this point in time, with Wall still out, you still need Samsonov to... Right. be somewhat of a decent goaltender and, and someone who can go in there and make some saves for you and gain some confidence. And I think the only way to do that is to give him some games. I know Jones is coming off a good performance where really, like he said, didn't really need to do much. I think you put Samson off in the spot and offer him the same type of protection to build that type of confidence. I, I, I get it wanting to go with Jones, but with this Leaf situation, I think you need three goalies who can play. You go with Jones. You, you go with the goalie who's playing the best hockey, right? It doesn't matter about Samsonov's confidence or not. It doesn't matter whatsoever. Yeah, Jones gives you the best opportunity to win. The guys feel most comfortable with Jones in the net. So you go with Martin Jones. You don't overthink it. You don't overanalyze it. You go with the goalie who gives you the best opportunity to win against the New York Rangers team that since they lost 7-3 to the Leafs last week at a 5-1 victory over the Anaheim Ducks and a tough, very impressive victory on Saturday night, 2-1 against the Boston Bruins in Boston. That was a tough game. That was a very physical game. That had a playoff-type atmosphere. So I expect a much better New York Rangers team to come in to Toronto on Tuesday night. And you have to go with the guy who's played the best of late, and that's Martin Jones. Simple right. that. No reason to discuss further. You know, I'll end it with this. Who would have thought that the goalie to give you the best chance to win for the Toronto Maple Leafs in December would be Martin Jones. All right, thanks for listening. That's it from us at Homestand Sports. Don't forget, we'll be dropping episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You can find Homestand Sports anywhere you download your podcasts, including Apple, Amazon, and Spotify. Thanks again for listening. I'm Albert Vartanian. He's Justin Pooney, and this has been Homestand Sports.